morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone today with my new friend, Cara Marlene. Hi, Cara. Hi, Hi Kathy. So, <laughs> you guys, I'm so excited to bring Cara to you because I got to meet her at the IONS conference that was in Washington, D.C. Mm. last week. Last week. Yes. Wow. I know. So fast. And mm. I got to introduce her. And I got to sit and listen to her presentation, which she hid me in tears. Um, oh, <laughs> it really, it was so beautiful. Thank so, you. So I'm, I'm, I was so excited to bring your knowledge, your essence to my mm -hmm. audience, because um, these wonderful people in this audience are really on a journey for their, a lot of them are servant leaders mm -hmm. and they, spend a lot of time putting energy towards them, their customers and their employees, and they don't have uh, time to find resources like you mm -hmm. um, to, to connect with and uplift themselves. So mm -hmm. my job is to help as many of them find gems like you, because you are a diamond, man. my goodness. Thank you, Kathy. That's so kind of you. And it is such an honor and a, a, a pleasure to be with you today. And I'm so glad to meet everyone in the audience. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was so wonderful. You were just such a wonder at the, the conference, <laughs> such a beautiful being and oh, always you. welcoming. You're so sweet. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm I'm having a good time here. I, I think we're here to uplift humanity yeah. and help everyone see their divinity. Yeah. And that's what your, your talk really let mm -hmm. me feel that you were mirroring, you're mirroring everyone's divine nature back to them. Uh -huh. And that's, it's such a gift, seriously. Mm -hmm. Many you. people can tell a story. There's lots of people who are good storytellers, but they tell a story sometimes from a um, professorial kind oh, okay. of place. And yours was total connection. It was, oh. I want you to feel this. I want you to know it. So, so Cara, why don't we start with, you had a near-death experience at eight. Mm -hmm. So could you start to fill us in a little bit with how you came to understand the expanded self, basically, is is that's what I call it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. So yes, um, um, I was raised on a, a small ranch in Kansas, and I was next to a 500-person town, um, and... Um, it was it was a wonderful um, outlet for me. I loved being outside. I loved riding my bike. I loved animals. And what I what happened one day? I had uh, it was the spring of the summer that I, or the spring uh, when I turned eight, and I was outside with my sister, one of my youngest sisters, and the other two sisters were in the house, you know, with mom cleaning, which I'm sure they were disgruntled about because. When they told us to to go in, my sister and I to go in from riding our bikes and playing, they were a bit, as you can imagine, saucy about it. And so um, I, being the the ornery one, decided to uh, have one more round on on my bike. And I, my father owns a, a owned a large construction company, and on the ranch we. Uh, there was a big barn and we had all the, the cattle uh, there and the hay and things, but attached to it is a, is a garage where we, my father owned, uh, kept all of his tools. And so 
we called it the tool shed basically, but it's a, it was a garage. And in that garage on the, in the rectangle opening where the garage door was, there was, we called a, a, a water lip and it's like a, a, a poured concrete. It's like four by four by four. It just kind of keeps the water from going into the shop. And um, there was a gouge in it. And um, in my mind, my eight-year-old mind, that was a ramp. And so um, I was on top of the hill and I remembered that little ramp that I, it wasn't a ramp. And um, turn this for a second. And um, so I, at the top of the hill, I, I took off and I sped as fast as I could towards that uh, garage and I hit that lip and um, my bike stopped and I kept going. And oh. I, I know I ended up hitting, going into the garage, there were no lights on. And what happened after I, I left the bike, you have that sensation of flying, right? For just a split second. But I mean, this is the point for me leaving the bike and flying for just a moment. This, this moment in time, I can only describe as my uh, awareness opening up it's like it was just full full throttle it was like i could experience everything from this vast space inside of myself to everything outside it was almost like there was no separation i could take everything in but it lasted only a split second because i heard myself not necessarily felt it from a distance almost like a a hand um or so away and i heard i remember hearing the the sickening thud of my head hitting the cement and my body crumble and then hearing a soft sigh um, come out and I remember just nothing but blackness. And when I woke up or came to, I remember I was blinking, everything was very blurry and I remember I was on my back and quickly I realized I couldn't move. And it wasn't just like I couldn't move because, you know, things were I was disoriented or, or I was, you know, just, I, I just knew something was really wrong because my body felt like a thousand pounds and it didn't feel like I was in it or part of it anymore. It felt like I was in it, almost like it was a, like I was in a corpse. I know that now to, to, to know that feeling, but um, I remember I could speak with my lips and I could move my eyes, but that's it. And so I took in the bright light of the um, outside basically the the opening of the garage right and it was blinding light and i remember i was trying to blink because i couldn't see anything through it i should have seen the uh hay bales that were there the big round hay bales that were just stacked on top of each other i should have seen the hay barn where the small bales were and i should have seen like a 30 foot black and silver uh, cattle trailer and i didn't see that either and so i took my attention away from that and i remember taking in the, the darkness around the, the garage door. And uh, I panicked because I realized I couldn't move. I tried to like move my body, I tried to get up and I, I knew I couldn't do that. And I knew there was something terribly wrong. And all of a sudden I saw a figure in the rectangle of the light and I assumed it was my little sister. And so I asked her, you know, uh, I need help. I need you to help me. I need, um, I can't move. I need to get mom and dad. Something's terribly wrong. And that figure 
I didn't move. I couldn't see if it was male or female. It was just, you could tell it was a human shape. And when it didn't move, uh, or they didn't move, I, I became angry, of course, like you, you, as you would if your sibling wasn't helping you and you knew you really needed help. And so I was like, mom and dad are gonna be so angry and um, you need so much trouble. And as I was doing that, something inside of me, my awareness the, that I know to be awareness now was taking in more and more of the scene. And I realized, uh, I realized that I wasn't where I thought I was. Like I wasn't actually in my ranch home anymore. And I, took my attention away from that and I the figure and even the light and I looked around at the darkness and it turned into blackness and that blackness I realized was space like that black space that that you see in in uh, space movies or when you you studied the stars and other planets and I was in I was I loved nature and I loved science and so I was well versed in in both movies and books on stars and space and things and so it was just vast and i realized that there was nothing holding me like that vastness of space was just literally there was nothing there but there was something solid underneath of me i could tell and it was unyielding and unrelenting it was just, it was a physical form that I feel it was holding me up. But then I went, my attention went back to that light. And I realized, you know, there was a reason I couldn't see the hay bales and the barn and the trailer, right? And I realized in taking that in, something clicked and I knew that this was life and light itself. And the blackness that surrounded it was space where life could exist. And so upon realizing that my attention went back to that figure and i asked is am i dying am i am i dead is this is this heaven and all of a sudden from this almost un like unending wellspring of just peace and joy and love poured out of me and it just expanded into this entire space that I was in from, from this, what I call the dwelling place of love now, like that everlasting connection with oneness and universe and source, whatever you want to call it. And I was at, I, I knew no time, I knew no fear, and it was just the existence of pure love. And I knew that, and I was just taken aback. and. As I was taking that in, it, I, you know, people say sometimes you have like a life review when you have a near-death experience. And of course, mine was very short. Um, it wasn't necessarily like a life review. I knew where I was and I knew where I could be going. It wasn't like heaven as they describe, but this, I knew this was where life and, and death and light and, and darkness like existed. And this was where uh, life started and ended and this beautiful duality and I if this fear free not fearless fear free existence and this was really where we were meant to be and where everything came from and what held everything together and so excuse me I remember hearing once I accepted that and, and understood it this this voice inside was like are you ready and it was audible I could hear it and with my own inner voice that I didn't know existed I said, yes, I am. 
And all of a sudden it felt like falling into love and peace itself, that, that awesome. dwelling place of the divine. And I remember as I fell into that, I just was in complete trust of the universe and source and love. And I remember just letting go. And I said, you know, whatever, wherever I'm going, I accept. And um, there was one point, it almost felt like I, I went through this, it was like a force field. That's the only way I could describe it. Like there's just a moment where this fearless existence where love just exists, um, I crossed this force field where fear could exist. And it was very strange. I don't know how to explain it other than that. And then I remember just falling into that, that peace and, and whatnot. But I believe that's when I went back into my body. And I woke up um, about uh, three days later. Oh. And uh, I know it's very, it's very interesting. Um, I remember speaking to my mother, like I'm speaking to you on a couch and I, I didn't remember anything of what happened before. Um, oh, I'm sorry, did I say three days? I meant three hours, I'm so sorry. Um, it was three hours later, three days, what do you imagine? Um, I remember getting up, uh, I don't remember getting up or walking or getting like laying on the couch, but I was laying on my couch speaking to my mother and um, she was quite confused at like why I didn't understand where I was, what was, what, how I didn't know I had gotten to these, like to the couch and with her and whatnot. Anyway, I, she, she got frustrated and just left. And I had a mirror in my hand. And I remember I could see like this, the, the bottom part of my, my face. And I remember leaning it up so I could see um, like, yeah, well, this part is the right, the, the right side of my head. And when I crested this part of my head, I lost my mind because it, there was a, on a second grader's head, if you took an orange, a full orange and cut it in half, that's what my head looked like. Wow. I know. Yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible. And that was when my mother took me to the hospital because she's just like, you know, I'm like, well, maybe we should have done that. When we <laughs> saw what was happening. My mother was very much a pioneer woman. She had like, I was, I'm actually one of eight children. So she's just, you know what I'm saying? Like the more kids you have, you're just like, ah, rub some turn on it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that, you know, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it, it might kill you first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm number four out of five. I get oh, it. Oh, you get it. You get it. Yeah, yeah, it's for like, sure. And your mother, when she's trying to discipline you, says all the names and then finally gets to yours. Yep, yep, yep. It's oh, like oh, a rattle. Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I, I don't mm -hmm. want to interrupt. Here, oh, no, please. I, I love it. So uh, basically after that, I remember I was looking at scans of my head on a lit wall in the doctor's office. And he was so mad at my mom. He was so, he's like, why did you wait so long? You should have taken her in. She, he's like, it's a miracle. She's alive. Like she doesn't need like some kind of lobotomy or something. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, he said that the reason that the only reason I survived is because the, I hit my head just right and where it actually crushed my skull. So where it's, it, 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 um, it went, I swelled out, not in. And um, he's like, she cannot get hit there again. She cannot have extra, yeah, it's, or she's like, she'll die. Like, it's just, it's a, um, you can definitely tell, um, uh, it's funny whenever I used to play basketball or work out, like there's this like white spot, like right here. <laughs> it's so funny. Call it my little unicorn. 
but uh but yeah and so after after the near-death experience i was different i was awake i the only way yeah i was i was much more in tune and awake and aware of things like um people's intentions or certain things like for example um moving forward in my life some of the i share this in, in my book and there were moments where the divine made itself so known to me i could not deny it. it was so in tune with that and that became a grounding for what people would call like my, my spirituality or my religion and uh, i didn't i wasn't akin to a lot of religions because i felt so connected and had that that direct link to the divine right and so anyhow so since then i just have had this beautiful life of uh the pursuit of love like the unrelenting pursuit of love in my life and it it's come up in miracles and um and in my childhood i had a lot of premonitions of people dying i had a lot of premonitions of uh, even one uh an animal kind of passing and things like that so that was those are the 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 uh, foundational pieces of where i found love to prepare me for it to assure me of our connection and to be able to process death and life and grief and, and whatnot and find joy in those moments in uh by by our con our connection and so that i've kind of cultivated through through uh, my my younger years and then that turned into favor as i was older and then um it really turned into it shifted into much more of a healing element whenever i mean of late i think the last five years have been I needed that, and that's really how the divine uh, love has has shown um, our connection is just un un unmatched. Well, what I think is so fascinating is that um, you probably had an expanded view of reality mm. after feeling that love. I mean, you mm. think about it, mystics used to stay, live in a cave a <laughs> um, hundred years ago. The only people that felt that and could live in that expression were people that had had near-death experiences or yogis that mm. sat in a cave and went to that ecstatic spot and then were able to, even they could hardly deal with reality. And you're put right back into reality like oh gosh how do you how do you yeah so so um did you do you feel that you got superpowers from mm -hmm. that because that vision it's it's really a, such an expanded view mm -hmm. compared to others because you're seeing life at, from a perspective of potential mm -hmm. that most people feel they're a victim of their reality yeah. and and i i found i mean i i knew at eight that um that i saw and heard and felt lots of things that no one in my family did oh yeah and i learned to be quiet oh gosh yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. that's such a good point oh yes thank you for bringing that up that's such a good point thank you i, I really appreciate you asking that yes i did and 
it was with my particular family structure i'm sure that we all know um anything that's odd or off or different just could not be handled and so i learned very quickly that i we i just don't share those experiences i don't allow anyone kind of in into that because it's it's a i i protected that very quickly and i found myself going out in nature and dwelling with the divine and having those moments where i had to process the reality because i always thought maybe you'll be able to connect with this kathy like i always my struggle was i could see the world as it could be but had to accept it as it was and that was so hard for me because i didn't know why anyone else didn't get it i didn't understand yeah. how yeah i didn't understand it of course as a, as a child but yeah i felt like i had to keep that uh quite just to kind of survive you know in in my um both familial and community life and uh, but i do think that i had superpowers i just didn't know i couldn't right. i didn't have words for it you know and and with those those moments which are now that now i know are magical really or miracles like those moments with the divine and i looking back it wasn't until i was healed from cancer that i really understood oh my gosh this is like people don't live like this like I it's not a norm normal thing until right. of course i found people like you and others who have had either near-death experiences or spiritual awakenings right yeah. I, I find that um it's fascinating the perspective of um looking at someone and even no matter how they're behaving when you have had that kind of connection to source to where you came from um that you see their divinity no, no matter mm. how they're behaving no matter what um what they do you may have to forgive them anyway yeah. still <laughs> mm -hmm. but but you you seem to that's the thing is sometimes it's a little naive that you see their their god self more than you see their actual human mm. self and, and that's kind of confusing. Or what I found is that I, even as little girl going, well, don't they know that if they do this, that that's what they're putting in motion yeah. and no one did, no one else saw that. No one else understood what I was talking about. So yeah. I just, I just went, okay, I'll just watch and see if it plays out the way I'm seeing it's going yeah. to. Um, but, but the other thing is, is that it, it allowed you to see that love was the game. Oh There's gosh. Yeah. Game and play. And it's like, it's to figure out how do you have unconditional love in this environment? And I don't think it, many people got that memo. And not <laughs> so, <just> a little kid. <laughs> no, no, because I, um, I've always, I didn't necessarily find it. Um, was it petty isn't the right word, but I never connected with the, the competition or the the need to um, impress or, or whatnot. I the un overwhelming uh, unconditional love that just exuded, you mm -hmm. know, from me after that. Right, and I'm sure you can you can relate. Is uh, it was wonderful, but also like you said, they took my gullibility and my na naivety and things like that, and I became like. Um, I mean, to be completely honest, I was bullied a lot as a kid, especially oh. in school and in my own family home. And so um, I was always told that I was too um, uh, too sensitive, sensitive or soft okay. and needed to like 
they they said that they were doing me a favor and they were like toughening me up for the world or thickening my skin and things and that's unfortunate that obviously that that happened but i still had love for them like you said i saw the 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 divinity in them that and it was easy to love that part but yeah the the human part definitely kind of got in the way (laughs) so so um i want people to know that this is just part of her beautiful story kara's um written a book that's on amazon right now that's going to be released in november and we're going to talk about that too um and and we're going to hopefully get to part of your story that you shared oh. at audience. Um, but, but I want people to know that this is um, a, the opportunity to be in this field of, of consciousness and see the world in a different way is, is palpable. It's available for everyone. Mm. The fear virus that we've been living in is a, a magnified fear virus for the past three years. Um, but it's now, um, now it's still just chaos virus, mm. um, really. But it, it is based in fear. That is a choice. You mm. can choose not to participate in that mm. and to participate with what you can do and how you can best serve. Mm. Because it's, that's why we're here. That's why you weren't, you weren't taken at your, in, in your childhood. That's why you're here is to help mentor other people to see the divine in themselves and remember who they really are Mm. and, and be courageous Mm. to act from that space, which Mm. you are. Thank you very You're much, Kathy. You're wonderful. So, so next, let's talk about um, your book. If you want to talk about that a little bit, and then um, I'm assuming part of what you shared at IONS is in your book. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. what we want people to know is that, um, and and I learned this through my Bruno Gerning Circle of Friends work. I was a community leader for five years in Boulder for the Bruno Grinning Circle of Friends, which is a group I was introduced by Christian, Dr. Christian Northrup to it. And what it taught was that when you get a diagnosis from a doctor, mm. that it's a, someone's opinion and you don't have mm. to accept it. You can take yeah. it as, it's not say I have anything, but say I was diagnosed with something mm-hmm. They said that I have or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. I have or I am. I'm diabetic. Mm -hmm. Whatever these people say, the universe will make sure that you are that. And so um, and there's mistakes made all the time. We're all human. So the the medical industry is not always um, right. The Mm -hmm. alternative health industry is not always right. So you get to choose. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe there's multiple realities going on and you can pick which timeline you are on, mm-hmm. whether or not you're in the timeline where you do accept that diagnosis and have that experience versus not. Yep. So in your case, you didn't accept it, right? Yes. Thank okay. you so much. What a, You're so wonderful at this. Like you're just... You have a gift. You really do, oh, Kathy, and I just appreciate that so much. Oh, what a great lead-in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so my book, I wanted to, I wanted to just show a very authentic, very um, no frills, no nonsense, just 
display of the pursuit of love, the unrelenting pursuit of love in my life. And so since the, when I was eight years old, there are every, every moment that I had, that, that love had shown itself, proven itself in my life. I, I, recorded down and I, I didn't actually remember these moments until I was diagnosed. They told me that I had breast cancer at 33, like a week before my 33rd birthday. And so that is also uh, part of my book. But what, what I believe Cassie has, has so wonderfully and beautifully brought to words um, is when I was 32 years old, the the year after both my mother and my father were both diagnosed with cancer, I was told that I was supposed to get tested for both a gene mutation and breast cancer. And I um, did, and I was tested positive for both the gene mutation that gives you a 75% chance of all the killer cancers. So the breast cancer, ovarian cancer, et cetera. And then they found bilateral breast cancer. And I believe because I had the near death experience and all of the other occurrences with love in my life, I chose a different path. I chose a different way. And I chose to go inside of myself and ask, um, what I was to do, how I was supposed to move forward, because I knew no matter what, with love in my life, I could face anything. And I was directed to go before um, a church and have people lay hands on me and pray. And it ended up from that experience in a very specific way. I believe that love speaks to us as personally as our fingerprints, as, as differently with each and every person. And I chose to trust that because it had been proven in my life over and over again by love itself and the divine. And upon doing what love told me to, I was healed, miraculously instantly healed of bilateral breast cancer. And the story is how love in its beautiful way showed me personally what to do and and allowed me to lean into that guidance and that power that we all have each and every one of us has and to choose a different reality to choose not to accept what the doctors said to me, what the gene mutation said to me. Like, I don't know, I am not, I don't believe that genetic testing is a, 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 as a sentence. I don't believe that that determines my life. I don't believe it determines the illness, like the illnesses that I would get, obviously, because I'm still here. I didn't have to have any cancer or any chemo, no radiation, nothing. Like, they just disappeared. And, I didn't allow what I see all of the time in a lot of um, situations, people accept that diagnosis. They accept that as a truth, as an unrelenting truth. And I believe that because I did not do that, I was able to um, choose, like I said, a, a different reality. And so um, 
that wasn't just the first time that I was healed or had miracles of, of um, facing death. My book is called My Nine Lives and it's because I've, I've faced death, of course, when I was eight, and then the other experiences from premonitions of, of loved ones' deaths and even into this season of about five years, I faced over and over and over again these diagnoses and every single time love proved itself true and i know it's just i have and i love the friends that i have a lot of them are lawyers a lot of them are scientists a lot of them are people in uh, the medical field and they look at me they're like car this just um this just doesn't happen you know kind of thing and i'm like well it does actually because <laughs> it did in front of you and so it's wonderful to to have those experiences and be able to share them in my book and speak to them on uh, about them on podcasts because i believe i was put on this earth in my life to challenge what the world says is possible each and every time because from the near-death experience to the premonitions to the to, to the energy healings and the miraculous finds I believe that we as human beings are in a time where we can challenge what the world says is possible because we have to, because I don't believe that this, this, it's this epidemic of, um, of cancer. It can't stay. I refuse to allow it to stay. I refuse to, to take it in on myself. I just, I believe that there are other ways and and I believe that we are here to challenge that. I mean, I am here to challenge that. I'm so sorry. Um, I can't speak for other people, but, um, and I believe that the more people tell these stories, the more that this can become more of a reality for people because I just feel um, that, I just feel so strongly about it. Yes. Well, when you gave your presentation, I actually um, recorded a, just a little bit on my phone and put it up on Facebook. And um, what I felt was that you were explaining the factory, um, pres the factory, the cancer remedy factory that mm -hmm. you were put through that was inhuman. It was oh. so insensitive. And that's what why most people probably they're in so much fear. They hear that word, yep. but the, the statistics are so high right now with um, the whether your family had it and you have the markers or not. There's just a tremendous number of people that it must be from food or exercise or whatever that um, <clears throat> have have been put through the process. And, and before we went on, I told you, I have several customers that healed themselves mm -hmm. uh, that are energy workers mm -hmm. that healed themselves of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that we're not doing medical advice and we're, oh, not, yeah, no. mm -mm. we're not doing any of it, but it is, um, if you do look at energy healing or mindset that um, your words and your thoughts have such power that we've, mm we've kind of relinquished our, our um, power to the, the systems in yeah. place. And it's time to take it back because you can see the systems don't look like they're working like they should. No, yeah. Especially your experience of being, being um, n not treated with very much compassion mm. while you were going through that. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty awful. It's almost like they don't give you an option other than what they're saying. It really is, and it's it was just a chop shop, really. It was just these are what you this is what you do, like the chemo radiation and like the double mastectomy, like the hysterectomy. It was just I I just felt like I was in another world. Like I was just like, is this re is am I really going like is this they're really saying this really? And there literally was no other option. And so I was and of course like me. And like with a near-death experience and just being like, for me, I'm just that ornery, like <laughs> you're going to tell me I'm going to do what you say kind of thing. I was like, no, mm -hmm. I'm going to bet on love, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. But <laughs> you're so right. I, so now that I'm out of it and I've uh, out of the situation and I've spoken more about it, there have been doctors that have come up to me, even at the conference we were at, he was like, I'm an oncologist and um, I am... I think he's a pediatric oncologist and he was like, I see miracles all the time. And he said, remember he was, he was like, if you speak love into this beautiful baby, even if it has, um, whatever they say, defects or whatnot, they won't be born healthy. Like they're like, um, yeah. I, I saw this beautiful quote. It was from, ja uh, it wasn't Jackie Chan, it was Bruce Lee. And he said, you have to be, like, I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically said what you were saying. He was like, you, the way you speak about yourself and your body and your life, it is like you're casting spells or you're like, you're, you're putting this out in the universe and the universe doesn't know any differently. And so if you are speaking death over yourself or you are speaking tragedy or like anything negative, it's goal. It, it's made, this universe is made to create that. Right. And so he's like, that's why it's called spelling, like kind of thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, um, I believe with 100% obviously accuracy in my own life that I've tangibly known, that is 100% correct. And if you choose that, if I chose that, it would have been my path, but I did not. And I'm just another one of those those miracles that that doctor can say. I mean, that's, and I, I'm so grateful to, you know. So I don't want to, I don't want to give the punchline, but, um, but you actually had a healing, hands-on healing, mm -hmm. in a church where you had um, you had kind of rejected the church. Mm -hmm. So you had to come to, you had to release anger or frustration yeah. or sadness or whatever mm -hmm. it was um, mm -hmm. to actually even force yourself to go there. Do you want to talk a little bit about? your experience with spirituality versus religion because mm. that's another one of those things where almost everyone that i've met that's had a near-death experience may still have stayed in religion because they still could feel they the the platform and the practices could still help them connect to god but the hierarchy didn't work for them. And mm. I wondered if that was part of what happened with you or. That is again, such a good point. Thank you for bringing it up. So well um, worded. Yes. And when I was a child, I always felt a disconnect from the family religion. And it was, um, I found truth and freedom in, in parts of it. So like the Psalms and the Proverbs and, and whatnot, there was, I mean, they spoke about love, they spoke about connection, they spoke about um, all these wonderful things like the love, the peace, the patience, the kindness. I would actually meditate on those. And so it helped. So I believe that there is truth in all religions, but I never, 
appreciated the rules of religion because I didn't have to have rules to connect with the divine, right? I didn't right. feel like I had to uh, do a song and a dance and a perfect prayer or whatever. Like whenever I came to the divine in the in the safety of my 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 closed room or like out in nature, I would just it was I I was akin to David in the Psalms. Um, when I would just cry and I would weep and I would be able to connect in in that um, in in that those moments and then as I as I released that it turned into this like from absolute just devastation to unrelenting praise like it just I was what I called God is what I know to be love and spirit and source like I never and I could never pursue like personalize or per personify a, a God. I never really connected with that. But prayers, as I, I did in, in Psalms and the truths of, of those. And then when I got older, I studied other religions. And so I saw very quickly that there's truths. I mean, truth is truth, right? Love right. is love. Like you're going to connect with that, right? Um, but yeah, I didn't, I don't do dog. I didn't, I don't connect with dogmas or rules or regulations and things because, um, I'm probably part of the healing as well because they, so part of the, one of the, part of the story is that the church that I went to, they had um, a, an understanding or a belief that no one could, could tap into the power of God um, or especially for like miracles or, or um, healing because um, that power had to come from the, the pastor and preacher wife who were apostles and they were gifted by God and it can only come from them. And of course, like that doesn't work for me. Like I'm, it's like, I'm tapped into to love itself. So I can't, I don't know. I don't know where you're coming from kind of thing. So, um, but love again, showed up in that church and through those specific, um, that those specific, the two verses that dropped into me, it was so personalized. That healing was so personalized. It didn't just, didn't just heal me. It reconnected me to divinity it reconnected me to that that beautiful um it realigned me with the connection of the universe and and love and source and it that was the defining moment in my life because i had struggled with that um it, for years and it wasn't until the the breast cancer healing when everything kind of clicked and that's when i started writing my book and then as i was writing my book i was literally living through all these other miracles and uh, finds that uh, that I, I faced um, other cancers with, and so um, again, just miracle after miracle. Um, and so, uh, but my my restoration um, of my faith in in the divine came came that day, and it was because I was shown beyond a shadow of a doubt in a specific way just like I was since I was eight years old. It just was another poem in the love story that love has just been so, wow, has, has been so, um, has done so much to, to show me. It just my, it's just another, like I said, another chapter, another poem in, in my love story. So. Well, when, what I remember from your talk is you really were guided, whether it was an angel or um, your guardian angel mm -hmm. or God speaking to you, that you were really guarded, guided to make peace to go to that church that, that um, you must have been asking 
like what what do I do with this information? Yes. Mm. And and there was no question that you were directed. There was oh, right yeah. away a direction, and mm. you went, no, no, I don't. I don't really want to go there. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, because I had separated from religion and I threw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I separated from religion and I threw my connection with the divine out with it because I was like, I refuse to to give into that dogma because like religion has, has been quite hurtful and harmful and to me in particular, I'm sure other people as well. But I, that was when I threw the, like I said, the baby out with bathwater, but the reclaiming of that that connection was when I was healed in such a personal and beautiful and powerful way. But the other thing, which we won't tell the whole story, but I just want to share that the healing came through somebody not of authority. And uh -huh. it's really cool too that you know the the divine uses tools wherever it can. Yeah. And it doesn't discriminate. There's no judgment at all at that mm -hmm. level, which is such a good lesson for all of us. Mm. That there shouldn't be any judgment that all of us are a uh, fractal of the divine, mm -hmm. um, learning our lessons and, mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways, bringing data back to source. I mean, yeah. source wanted to fractalize so it could get more information, more input. And here we are, we're like USBs um, in a giant mm -hmm. computer. But I love what, it. what was fantastic was the process because um, for you, uh, you had to come to, you had to forgive and, <sighs> and come to some place without anger and resentment mm -hmm. to even go back to that church, which probably was part of your healing too. Mm -hmm. I, when I, yes, I, Yes, I 100% agree. And um, what a, I mean, what a gift. I mean, that in and of itself to just be able to release that fear-based resentment and anger and sadness and to to just open back up to love and our connection. Yes. So you said um, a little bit earlier that the that your parents had had cancer diagnosis as well. Mm -hmm. What did they think when you were healed spontaneously? Did did you share it or how did you share it? I mean, I mean, I would wonder if they would believe you even. So, um, unfortunately, I actually um, we it it divided it divided us, and oh. it is it's actually I it's actually um, a beautiful part of, of my story. I know that um, it's it's odd and, and not something that a lot of people um, experience or whatnot, but I have had a, um, I do not, I didn't, I don't speak to my, my parents when I say that my, my parents are estranged. They, I just, I choose that because it's, there's a toxicity, like a level of toxicity. It just can't be in right. that. And um, so I have heard through the, the grapevine of, from other people that it was um, why me and not them kind of thing. Oh, and wow. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Um, that's a, an unfortunate part of it. And um, I have to, it's act, it, it may seem sad. It may seem like um, a tragedy, but it's actually a triumph because there is a, point where if you separate when I separated myself from that the the toxicity in my life and that just happened to be my biological family part of my biological family 
um, it, you get, I got to a point where love was enough. Like the, my connection with love is enough and it bypassed biology. It bypassed, um, society or even psychology. People, people said that I should need and want, and I actually thrive being, um, standing in that truth and being able to even juxtapose um, or um, in opposition to society because society says that healing isn't possible. Um, you know, my biological family says that, you know, healing is impossible um, uh, and, you know, whatnot and, and the, the medical field. I, I find it such a an honor to be able to stand in such firmness and grounding and to still love them and the world and everyone listening and just say that, yes, I um, will come across people who are not, of course, my biological family um, or anyone else that are going to say, well, why, why not me? And I said, well, um, let's discuss that. Let's just, let's get in. Um, let's, let's email, let's talk, let, let's connect. Like I'd love to talk with you. Perfect. Yeah, because I, I do think we, um, this whole time period is an opportunity to learn about our superpowers. Because mm. everyone has it. It's not oh, like yeah. just some people have it. Um, there's um, more than five senses. Um, they, there's a bigger field of existence that, um, that love exists in. And we've been, we've forgotten that. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of strange how you forget your past lives you forget the whole game and play <laughs> and mm -hmm. you spend your whole life trying to remember and reconnect that's but right we're we're remembering ourselves we're, we're putting ourselves back together we're remembering right mm -hmm. but but the thing is is uh it, it, the way the way you have um become actually a spokesperson for um being empowered to choose your lifespan and your life force is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for other people to see what you've done, hear your story, read your book, and then get, get a chance to maybe be mentored by you mm -hmm. as they're trying to remember their um, divinity. And that divinity is just sitting there waiting to be seen. It's, it's always here. It's mm -hmm. just these layers of programs or, yeah. or uh, constructs that um, God love our parents. They meant well. Yes. And, you know, as a soul, we picked them. Mm -hmm. We picked the whole scenario. What were we thinking? But anyway, <laughs> well, I, I just wondered, you know, the, this life that you pick now, um, the, the opportunity is unlimited. Mm. And, and the other life was so limiting. And so, you know, um, do this, get married, have kids, get yeah. your own ranch, you know, that, that whole follow, follow me, I have the way, but that, that what you've picked now is just so full of opportunity oh. and joy. It's so cool. It's oh, so cool. thank you, Kathy, so much. That's so kind of you. Yes. So, so what do you feel is the, um, biggest message that you want as far as mentoring people and as far as giving them a chance to step into their greatness? What could you, could you share, or I, I I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but, um, mm -hmm. but I think, I think you have a recipe kind of 
that you might not even know you have, oh, but I think you have, that is a way to um, reconnect to the essence and the divine beauty that is available as a guide mm. to it all. Thank you so much for that, Kathy. You're so wonderful. I, what I would like to do, if, what the reason that I do this, my why, is to, to just give an example of of just this regular person, this woman who, or this girl who was born in a on a ranch, five like five hundred person town in the middle of Kansas that had this extraordinary life, and that it's open to everyone. And I want them to know the power that they have inside and encourage them to tap into that and to challenge what the world says is possible to live a life of miraculous freedom. Like I just, I want that for everyone. And I would like to, to just walk alongside those who are, are, are drawn onto me and to really just we're really just all of us are just holding each other's hands and walking each other home like that's really what i i would love to do come alongside people and to, and to do and to speak um about and to share i i really feel like you know it's it's funny there's a um there's a a, a quote and it says um everything worth saying has already been said we just need to be reminded you know kind of thing and so if yeah. i can just be that if i can just be that um that person just to remember to remind you and and to walk along beside you no matter what you're you're walking through i think that that's really what i would hope that would be my hope in being a mentor oh beautiful beautiful well i'm gonna um read what i wrote um that i was gonna read when i introduced you that i never i didn't remember to do because i was so excited <laughs> <laughs> but on your website you have to love yourself fully is to know love itself. And to live in that oneness is all we need to do. Beautiful, so Aww. beautiful, so wonderful. So I hope that everyone will go to your website. And um, what is the best way to reach you so that people can um, buy your book and, mm -hmm. and follow um, and possibly work with you as their mentor because mm -hmm. this isn't just about being ill, about physical, the, uh, physical illness. This is about being detached from who you really are, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. So um, give me just a second, I have to check this. Okay. Um, so my website is Cara Marlene, K-A-R-A, Marlene, M-A-R-L-E-N-E.com. And you can, I, I would love to, email so um info info at carmarlene.com and uh those are the best those are the best ways to get a hold of me um i've got a youtube channel um it's at carmarlene all like it's at carmarlene that's um where i've got some of my videos and things and um i we have online i've got a, a group that meets every every month just once a month and then um I, I have a, a contact form you all can fill out and and contact me on my website. Well, I I look forward to all the things that are going to evolve after you're speaking at IONS, and I'm so glad I got to meet you oh, there. Okay. And the love was palpable. You could feel oh. that many people had remembered. It was 600 or more, 650 or more people 
um, that were there in person over the, mm -hmm. the days. And yes. then there was um, even two hundreds of people online that watched it as well. Mm. So there were so many opportunities for people to re-experience mm. the field of love that we all have access to and to co-create something beautiful oh. here on earth. So that I'm so glad I got to meet you. I got oh, to and, um, and I can't wait to see all the cool stuff that you do. It's it's just starting for you. So, so cool. Thank so, you, so Kathy. Cool. You've been just such a delight and such oh. a, a light and, and what a wonderful presence you bring. Thank you oh, so thank much you. for your support and bringing sure. me on. I just cannot, I just yeah. can't wait to work with you more in the future <laughs> and just be a part of what we're doing. Yep, yep, yep. Well, um, uh, everyone, please um, give yourself a gift of learning about this beautiful woman and the stories that she has that are salt of the earth kind of stories. This is not um, this is not ego based. This is not to try to sell you something. It's to try to help you remember because. I want I want you to know how powerful you are mm. and that you can create anything you want. We can create heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. And we're in this time of change for a reason, for mm. to see all the distortions and and choose love. Oh. So so that's what I know. Thank you so oh. much. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do this again. We'll do this for again. sure. And your books <laughs> more out there. Okay. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye, you. Bye, everybody. Coming. Please share this.